and welcome to the 92nd episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How you doing, Roger? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So this week we're talking about the intersection of 5G and optical technology. And to do that, we've invited Raza Khan onto the podcast. Raza is a senior market manager at Semtech, a provider of high-performance signal integrity modules for optical. Raza, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Don. Roger, great to be here. So, Raza, let's start with the basics. Uh, normally, when we hear folks talk about 5G, it has to do primarily with the radio network and, to a lesser extent, the core. Can you talk with us a little bit about the role that optical has to play in 5G and beyond? Yeah, optical technology, people don't realize that it plays a critical role in enabling any application for 5G. It has done that since the 4G days. But anything, when we think about 5G, any equipment that is connected together, whether it's the antenna towers to the base stations, and then anything down the line, all that is connected through optical fiber. And optical interconnect technology like what the devices, the semiconductor devices like Semtec makes play a critical role living on each end of that fiber. And without that, the the ecosystem would not exist. So simply said, optical technology is essentially creating the backbone or the foundation on top of which any 5G application and use cases can be built. So what do you do then in this area? What, what is the contribution of Semtech here? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So Semtech itself is a very broad, diverse company. It has three business units, the Signal Integrity Products Group, Wireless and Sensing, and Protection. Now, I work within the Signal Integrity Products Group. We make semiconductor chips in this BU that enable optical fiber communications. So every time there's any data being sent from point A to point B or fiber, our devices can go on each end of that. And we service several markets like data centers, PON, and wireless. And I am responsible for the wireless market, so I can give more background there. But it's really where we are today is an awesome intersection in, in 5G rollouts. And, you know, it leads back to the promise of 5G, which hasn't come true. As a consumer, I don't see any applications in terms of what was promised. And there is a reason for that. It's because everything had to be very laid layer by layer. And this is critical in wireless networks. So what's happening now is that the C-band deployments are ongoing. And that allows for the initial infrastructure to be in place, but that also sets up the ground for the millimeter wave strategy. That's where the ICs that Semtech is making, we already have our ClearEdge platform, which is our technology to enable 25 gig links on the optical fiber. This is what initial C-band deployments are using. What we are doing now is creating our triage technology. We were very lucky and blessed that our team was able to execute on that over the pandemic and really bring that technology to the market, first to market, and we're seeing amazing momentum. And all that is to say that our customers are finding that they can adopt the triage technology to enable 50 gig 
PAM4 links that double the bandwidth of the existing networks. And that is really helping them lay now that foundation of the backbone that will help enable new use cases like millimeter wave to to do autonomous cars, virtual reality, the metaverse, everything that as a consumer I want from 5G is is what the groundwork is being laid for now. And then that's very exciting. And so that's why this year is pretty cool for that. And and so that's like 50 gig backhaul then, or how should we read this? So the best way to think about it is from the front of the network. So as soon as you go from the top of the tower to the base station, we call that the front hall. And that's the first layer, the highest data processing aspects happen over there. And then afterwards, when you connect the base stations to other base stations, typically we refer to that as backhaul. So what we're talking about is the front hall of the networks are being upgraded now. And that's where a lot of the processing needs are happening. It's, it's again, a cool intersection. There's massive MIMOs being developed. There's a lot of innovation that needs to happen for the whole wireless infrastructure to be upgraded. So companies like Semtech, we play a small part in that innovation through our optical IC technology, which is critical, but we just serve our way of innovating and then all the other innovations come together and and really enable the next generation of those architectures. So the best way to look at that is front hall is now being upgraded and that's where we're really helping adopt the triage technology. And that will always help with, you know, we talked about voice over NR. So this is like a critical component for that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. One of the, you know, I, I like to keep saying, why do we need these upgrades? What is the core reasoning? And if we look at the basic trends, the only very predictable trend is that uh, that Ericsson is predicting that the the subscribers for 5G will actually grow from about 680 million this year to roughly 4.6 billion by 2027. At the same time, the data requirements are going to quadruple for each subscriber. So that brings a very difficult challenge for the industry. And in order to even think about satisfying the next 10, 15 years, we have to put that foundation in place. And, you know, that's what's happening now. There's tremendous momentum from all the ecosystem tiers to lay that groundwork. And uh, to your point, that's exactly how the next layer of uh, applications and use cases come to pass. So, I mean, I think you mentioned earlier that, you know, 5G, from a user experience perspective today, is still very much like 4G. And I I think, you know, the way I would talk about this is to say, you know, we're still waiting for that 5G killer app. I mean, everything's faster and better on 5G, but we we really haven't seen broad adoption of those new revolutionary use cases yet. I mean, can you talk about specifically how optical can can enable things like VR, autonomous vehicles, machine learning, or or even AI? Yeah, and... To be honest, I can't wait for those applications myself. You know, autonomous cars driving me all over the place. It's something I really, really hope happens sooner rather than later. In terms of, you know, we have to think about what technical fundamental aspects those applications require. And it comes down to three things. It comes down to power, cost, and latency while keeping the need for the higher bandwidth. So enabling higher bandwidth, but still at lower power, 
lower latency and lower cost. That's the key. And where that's where one of the things TriEdge really innovates on is it allows the operators to double up or get twice the bandwidth in their networks on the backbones, but still keeping latency ultra low. That's something that is proprietary to TriEdge itself. The architecture is developed, what we call is near zero latency variation. And that is very important because when we think about these new use cases, whether you have autonomous cars or virtual reality or the metaverse, these are very time synchronized networks. And that's TSN is a term that's you know used in this, is very common in the industry. All it means is that multiple towers are synchronized together in terms of their timing. So latency plays a critical role. And having technologies like TriEdge that could be adopted rapidly that keep the latency variation minimal while keeping power low. And power is another aspect, you know, from a sustainability point of view, environment point of view, cost point of view, you know, power is really money in the future. And that's, again, where triage is, is really differentiated from anything else out there. So to your question, I would say, you know, there are some fundamental technical aspects that relate directly to IC technologies. It basically comes down to enabling the bandwidth, but still keeping the differentiation for power, cost, and most important, latency. And we hope now with TriEdge, the industry has the technology available that they can adopt rapidly and be ready to to start thinking about those applications. Well, and this also, to some extent, I mean, you're talking about time horizons, 10, 15 years. This also lays the groundwork for 6G as well, correct? Yeah, that's that's the right way. I mean, we don't want to speak too soon about 60, but at the same time, the wireless infrastructures, the groundworks are laid for the next 15 years. So it's always, you know, it, it gets me a little bit goosebump that we are trying to do something so far out and you have to think about what may come in 15 years. So how it's easier for me is that, you know, 5G phase one is what I call it, was the initial C-band deployment. It didn't really bring some of the cool 5G promise that was supposed to be introduced earlier. So that's, to me, is 5.5G. It really is a 5G phase two. Some people may call it 5G advanced or 5G, 5.5G. But that will really now enable the applications like autonomous cars, metaverse, virtual reality, that really sets up the ground running for that. But what TriEdge is also doing is laying the groundwork to bridge the gap towards 6G. Now, 6G is going to be a monumental change, in my opinion, from you know anything 5G. 6G will be about uh, massive connectivity. There's still populations of uh, people around the planet that don't have reliable connectivity. So 6G is going to be using satellites and still connecting that to the wireless infrastructures to really bring mainstream connectivity to everyone. But also now we start thinking about holograms and, and you know, you bring the ability of other senses when you're looking at a visual. So metaverse just brings visual and 3D, but now you can think about having the sense of feel or the sense of smell. Ready Player One, the movie, if you have seen it, that's really what, to me, 6G, I hope, will be. And that's the data requirements again. As soon as you start adding that much level of detail and other senses, the data requirements just, again, 
go through the roof. And the triad technology is scalable to that level. I, I hear you. I feel like, you know, with every G, I hear the same promise since 4G. And and with the metaverse, if we're like looking at like 3D connected worlds, you know, we've had that since 1990s with Genie on, on those streets. <laughs> yes. Right? It, it's like the, the, the hype on metaverse and, and, you know, the misunderstanding of it is like mind blowing. Yes. And, and you know, I, I remember in the 1990s, people buying and selling digital items for thousands of dollars. <laughs> I know, yes, I know people who went bankrupt and lost their house over over these what we call now metaverse, but online multiplayer games at twelve dollars an hour. I remember, uh, I remember that. Thank God my uh, my bank account doesn't run. <laughs> good, good. Uh, but I, I think like we're living in this world of perpetual promise and no delivery. And the five G killer app right now, as I always joke, is like speed test. Yeah, and that sucks, you know. So that's the that's the sad part about it that we haven't, or it's actually the the aspect to realize to me is that because I work in the technology, I understand that how phased approaches how it needs to be phased in order for it to come but you're right as a consumer it leaves you disappointed because the initial hype is so much and you just stop believing it until you really see it and and you know maybe that's what's happened with 5g and i i agree that we just have to bring some of those applications and we have to make them reality for people to to understand some of the benefits that the technology promised and and here's the thing, there are all these visions, and then the the innovation happens somewhere else. Yes, because with three G and four G, we were like, oh, we can download movies and things even faster. When you look at it, and then oh, and pictures, it's about picture downloading, right? Yes. And now we're all in streaming. Yes. And all in video, which nobody for, for has foreseen. And so it's it's going to be interesting of of what's going to happen. I'm I'm a little bit the the, the skeptic here, and, <laughs> you know. And, and people are like, "Well, haven't you know? I haven't drunk too late." It's it's hard to foresee what's going to happen, particularly on in terms of like the digital world and and kind of things like metaverse. I think one thing that we should talk about though is 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 the real world, and I think one of the things that's really changed in terms of the birth of 4G and now in 5G is that we have so many more devices connected to the network, so many more IoT devices in particular. And one of the primary use cases for those device devices is things like smart cities, right? And I oh, think there was a lot of hype around smart cities. I think we've got part of the way there, right? I think there's a lot of ways, ways to go. How does 5G, 5.5G, optical, things like that, how does that change the vision for smart cities? I think it will certainly set up again the groundwork because smart cities, when we think about that, it's all about massive connectivity. When you think about your home, everything, you know, from your electric kettle to your stove, to your fridge, to your lights, it's all connected and your, your sidewalks are connected. Amazon 
announced sidewalks uh, platforms as well and then there's sensors from ranging from you know low bandwidth to very high bandwidth and it's all connected together in a mesh network so to me smart cities is is all about massive connectivity but when you think about all those small devices connected together in a mesh the aggregate data demand just continues to rise so in a way, that's again how Triage is trying to help the industry come up with the backbone or the the foundation that can handle all that demand. Currently, there isn't enough capacity in these pipelines. You might think about that to handle that that front end demand at all, and we're just running out of you know because there's also so much infrastructure spending that has to happen. And 5G is a very, I, I like to tell that it's outside of, of our direct control somewhat because, you know, even though we can work on the technology, which is what we're focused on, creating innovative, disruptive technologies, but 5G itself is geopolitical. It's sometimes dependent upon government mandates. It's sometimes dependent upon government funding. It also is dependent upon regional infrastructure requirements. It's hard to dig up roads in existing cities to lay new fiber. So you have to reuse existing fiber. So you have to be reliant upon the challenges of the terrain. And then, you know, the geopolitical nature of the world also also can impact, you know, whether you have companies from Europe doing business in Asia and US and vice versa. So a lot of that aspects are are interconnected. So technology is what we focus on. Uh, you know, I, I truly believe that in the end, you focus on your bit and you can innovate. And then, you know, that prevails. Technology always finds a way to to be deployed. But in the end, you know, we are limited to kind of some of those bigger macro aspects. But I think you know, COVID, hopefully the pandemic is on, on the end and things have started to take that turn because it did slow down for the last couple of years. But now I think it's a very cool intersection. And I come back to that because as a consumer, now I'm getting slightly goosebumps and I, I get excited because I know the adoption for triage, what that means for the millimeter wave and all the massive MIMOs are lining up around the end of this year as well. And how that would line up to, to the next phase of enabling, you know, whether it's smart cities, whether it's a step towards autonomous cars or creating a little bit more within the metaverse, it's all really just. Um, trying to fulfill the pipelines with the data demands while keeping cost, latency, and power low enough. But I, I hope that, you know, when people work on such applications, the killer app for 5G or 6G, you know, they all think about what purpose are these things serving? Are we, are we really helping transform an industry? Are we really helping save on some aspect that currently isn't being done, or are we helping make something better, whether it's the planet or any any use case that kind of makes the world a better and a cooler place? I think that would be, if, if that's the focus, I think you would end up in a good place by the time 6G comes. Yeah, well, I hope we make the planet a better and cooler place. We'll watch what Semtex is doing and, and help to bring it that way. Meanwhile, I want to do a shout out to Pete Fox from Charleston. He's a big fan of the show. Happy Father's Day. Give your wife a kiss. She's terrific. So, Pete, thank you for listening. And Raza, thank you for coming. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, Don. Roger, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity. All right. Thank you.